if all beauty brands moved their beauty models to a circular model, we'd reduce our carbon emissions by a whopping 70%. It's a no-brainer that is where all industries need to go towards. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the next conversation in our What Led You Here podcast series, where leaders share important moments and decisions in their journey and what they think it takes to build a great business in an increasingly complex and fast-changing world. I'm Steve Vamos, the CEO of Zero, and I'm your host. I've spent the last 40 years in the technology industry, and I've learned that success or failure of any business is dependent on the leader's ability to manage the consequences of change and overcome one of the biggest barriers to change, and that's often fear and doubt. In this podcast, I talk to CEOs, founders, and entrepreneurs who've embraced change, made sacrifices, overcome fear, and demonstrated true belief in their ideas. And importantly, I'll chat to them about how they instill that belief in others who back them and work with them. Today, I am really pleased to welcome Emma Lewisham, CEO of the natural skincare company by the same name, Emma Lewisham. Emma and her business is based in New Zealand, where she pioneered her line of 100% natural skincare products that have changed and challenged the accepted operating methods in the super competitive global market for luxury cosmetics. And by doing that, also building sustainability deep into her business right from the start, a move that has actually earned her business the endorsement of Jane Goodall, world-renowned environmentalist and UN messenger for peace. Emma, Thank you for taking the time to join me today and welcome to What Led You Here. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. It's great to be here. I think maybe to get started, it'd be great for you to tell us about your journey and in particular, what led you from an executive role in the technology industry to become founder and CEO of your own business. Yes, that's right. So prior to founding Emma Lewisham, I was fortunate to have a career working in global leadership roles for a Japanese technology company, and it really shaped my knowledge and fostered my love for for problem solving. And the catalyst for me was sadly after losing my mother to cancer when she was still very young, and it really kickstarted a focus on my health. I'd been throughout my 20s and 30s really working at, a, at all costs and, and taking my health for granted. And alongside a number of suggestions my doctor, he advised me to stop using an ingredient called hydroquinone, which is used for hyperpigmentation on the skin. As he said, it had serious side effects for people's health. And it's what made me think about skincare and what was I, I was putting on my skin and put me on a path to natural skincare. I was used to using really high-tech luxury products that delivered real results. And when I went looking for the natural alternatives in the market, what I found was there was a compromise. If you chose natural skincare, you compromised results and, and performance. Equally at the same time, and from my experience in sustainability in my previous roles, looking at the beauty industry critically, I had, I guess, an epiphany and real clarity where I could see that the current beauty model was broken and needed changing and just no longer was acceptable model. It was working on a linear take-make-waste and responsible for 120 billion units of beauty packaging every year that was essentially going to waste and rubbish, so ending up in our landfill oceans or being burnt. And despite people's best intentions thinking they were recycling, the economics are not there for beauty packaging. So to landfills, it was going. I could see that the whole industry needed a complete rethink and flipped on its head. And if we created a circular model of beauty, that the whole system would get cleaner and better. And I essentially became really passionate about solving these problems. I wanted these products. 
And I really believed in solving what was an industry and a model that made no sense was leaving scars on the planet. And it's what put me on the path, what would be three years prior to launching Emma Lewisham. Really what you're talking about there is really the motivating purpose behind what you've done. He also mentioned belief. Mm. So I'm interested in, you know, this notion of believing that you can do this and, and overcoming the fear that might come with it. How important or, or what in a sense is behind that belief that you have mm. or had that inspired you to take the plunge and to pursue the purpose that you so clearly outlined? There was just something in me that knew that there was an opportunity and a gap here in the market and that if I wanted products that other women would too. And I think in life you can choose to be a bystander and see something that also is wrong and accept it, or you can do something about it. And that is something that I have done and is something that's been me since I was a very young child of not standing on the sidelines. And I've always wanted to live a brave life, I guess, and dare greatly. And I guess that you can either choose courage or comfort in life, but you can't have both. And I've always been one that even though it's a harder road, taken the courageous path and believed in myself and really lived life and given things a shot. It's interesting because really what you are is a change agent. You know, you're innovating, you are changing the way things are, you're changing the planet and things around you. And I love that, the way that you articulate that. I always like thinking about it as you've got to become comfortable being uncomfortable to be doing a lot of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're going to get knocks and people are going to throw stones. But for me, at least you get to the end of your life and know that you've given it your all. And I love the thought of just having a, a daring greatly in life and really living and just seeing what I am capable of and people around me as well, my team, giving them that attitude and approach to how they do things. So just moving on to then the journey and you know, there's some great examples from the conversation we've already had about how mistakes are learning and this whole notion of test and learn. In particular, you know, one of the products that you've developed went through 50 iterations before you were satisfied that you got to where you wanted to get to. So I'm interested in your perspective on this whole notion of test and learn the mistakes and how you get through that to ultimately the outcome you want for your customers. From the get-go, we knew that the gap in the market was for all natural products that were luxurious and highly efficacious. So what I saw as the trifecta and that hadn't been hit and hadn't been achieved. So to achieve and succeed with Emolution Bread, I knew that we had to achieve that. And to bring about change as well, there's a really interesting stat that people will choose sustainable brands, 89% will as long as everything else is equal. So for brands that want to make a difference in the world, you have to have excellent products first and foremost. And so I knew all of this. And so we were really relentless in the products that we developed. We worked with three scientists here in, in New Zealand, and it was a really high benchmark even for them who had worked with global brands like Estee Lauder and Dior. But I just knew we had to hit that. And so that meant, yeah, one of the products, the original product, which is now the likes of David Jones and their top five sellers, Selling products out of you know a thousand products, it took us fifty-two iterations to get right, and it was just pure tenacity and belief in that we could get there that I guess pushed us along and got us that breakthrough. This drive that you've had right from the outset around sustainability, I think, is a great example 
for many of us. And you were saying to me that you actually have got involved in helping other businesses understand what it means to bring sustainability into every aspect of the way you operate the business. So I'm interested in just exploring that because there's no question that all of us in business today are getting pressure from our people and from other stakeholders to really genuinely embrace sustainability. And I know in my mindset, one of the big shifts for me was when I read a book by a guy called Werbach on strategy for sustainability, which really Mm. talked about how it isn't an add-on extra. It is core to everything. So, you know, it'd be really interesting to get your take on this because I know a lot of us are really trying to get our heads around how we build sustainability right through our thinking in our business. Yeah, that's great, Stephen. And you're right. It isn't an add-on. It needs to be something that sits there alongside you at the board table and the everyday decisions that your staff make and that they are really part of that and believe in it too. And that's part of the work that they do. It can't be an add-on. And for me, it is a really essential way of doing business. I believe that businesses can thrive by giving more than they take. And if anything, will be more successful in doing so. Talking about sort of supporting other businesses, we recently gave our IP to not just the beauty industry, but all businesses that wanted to talk to us about how to move their business practices to a circular model and how you measure your carbon emissions right down to product level, which are really unique business practices that we do. We're one of the, I think, very first in beauty globally. But in the case of beauty, if all beauty brands reduced their carbon emissions, I mean, moved their beauty models to a circular model, would reduce our carbon emissions by a whopping 70%. It's a no-brainer that is where all industries need to go towards. And we're one brand. And to bring about the change that is needed, we need all brands collectively working together and shifting and moving the way that they operate. And so that's part of the reason why we've offered our IP to support and to accelerate the change in, in the industry. And it's been yeah super heartening to see what brands have wanted to collaborate with us and talk to us, not just in beauty, but all industries. Yeah, I think it comes back to what success means for you. And for me, it's not just about doing well myself, but again, giving more than I take. And I actually think that's brought us more success. And it's also been hugely rewarding and given me a lot of purpose and satisfaction. When you come across organizations that are interested in learning from you, Are there attributes they demonstrate that give you a sense pretty quickly as to whether they're actually going to be successful or not? Is there something that you would say, are they all the same in that the fact they're reaching out gives you great confidence they're serious or can you kind of tell which ones are going through motions versus which ones are genuinely serious about it? Yes. I can tell quickly on a call, a conversation that we have, I feel a lot of businesses that I speak to feel that it's going to be a distraction for their business. And what I'm talking to them is actually, no, it's what's going to help your business continue to thrive and be irrelevant in 10 years time. And without it, you'll be left behind. And that exactly that, it's not an add-on. I'm just adding a circular business or becoming climate positive or carbon positive is not enough. It has to be something that everyone in the business has to believe in and that your leadership's also and your leadership team really believe in. And so, yeah, it's been interesting discussions. I feel like everyone on an individual level wants to make a difference and do the right thing, right? Yeah, I just feel like there's a new way of doing business that is coming through, a new norm. And I really feel we are challenging what that new norm looks like. 
It's fascinating. I always look at, characterize the journey we're on as a transition from an industrial age to a a knowledge or a human age. And there's a lot of stuff that is just so obvious that isn't. You know, the old saying, common sense is often not common practice. And even in our language of business, you know, we talk about people are our greatest asset. Well, what do you have without people? Like, do we really have to convince ourselves of that? And clearly, you know, it extends to all aspects of being human on a planet that we're fortunate enough to be on that you have to look holistically now. And Mm -hmm. I think for people who are waiting around, the writing is on the wall and this is not just going to be something nice to do, but the compliance requirements Mm -hmm. are coming our way. So a great example to many. Thank you so much. Be wrong of me not to at least touch a little bit on the conditions we've been operating through over the last couple of years with the global pandemic. You're based in New Zealand, which um, fortunately hasn't been as badly affected many other parts of the world. But for you as a, a leader managing through that, has that been challenging and any impact particularly on global supply and, and other transportation impacts that have affected you? Is, is, how, how's that been? Yeah, look, there's been some some challenges, but we, we have an excellent group of people involved in our company and our board, people like Cernal Robinson and Rob Fife. And very early on, we sat down and we planned for the worst case scenario and worked out where we were vulnerable in our supply chain. We made a call that day to invest in areas where we were going to be vulnerable in terms of getting whether it be ingredients or components of our packaging into the country. And we moved very quickly and we're really organized. And we're fortunate that we produce our products in New Zealand and our box packaging all comes from New Zealand. So it was limited in terms of where we're vulnerable. The biggest thing in focus for me has been our staff and ensuring they're okay. It's a very stressful time, particularly with parents who have children that are at home and still trying to do their jobs. And so giving them permission to focus on their family first and their health and well-being and that we would then rally around people to get the work done. And so my focus, yeah, throughout this time has been the cultural side and our people side of the business. And we've all come out stronger and wiser and better as a team. It's been phenomenal, actually. I feel like we haven't let anything get in our way. We've launched internationally in markets like USA and UK launched on a multinational global luxury retailer Netaporte during the pandemic, did all of the negotiations via Zoom calls at 9pm, 10pm at night. So we've yeah, been hugely resilient and adaptable. And just the key thing for me has been focusing on our team first and foremost. I think that's what us, what's got us through really strongly. It's funny when you're talking about the scenario planning you're working on, it took me back to where we were at zero with five scenarios of um, varying degrees of impact. That certainly that planning helped us guide yeah. our way through that, particularly that first six months where nobody knew what was going to happen. No, that's right. Thoughts or advice for people thinking about following your lead and, and moving on from where they might be and moving into following a dream or building a business, what, what advice would you give them? It's a low odds game being successful in, in business. And so you have to throw it all in to achieve your dream and that you've got to do the hard yards. Prior to launching the business, myself and Kimberly Morrison, who's a co-founder, we were working together. It took us three years to come to market. We stayed in our jobs. We worked every night for three years from six to midnight in the weekends. We took our annual leave to work on the business. That requires a lot of perseverance and tenacity, right? And belief in something that hasn't even launched yet. 
So I would say go for it. Absolutely go for it. Be prepared to work really hard and to put everything in because I genuinely believe you won't succeed without doing so. Get good people around you and do your market research. Make sure there's a gap in the market. And also one piece of advice that I got early is, is there a gap in the market and is there a market in the gap? So even if there is a gap in the market within that is there actually a market? You know, do your numbers, take your time to really work it through. That's great advice. So just a few quick questions to wind up here. So first of all, favorite place you like to spend time or would want to spend time? Waikiki Island off Auckland. Awesome place. A person past or present you'd like to meet? I would love to meet Jane Goodall in person now. <laughs> she, she's an icon. Mm. She is. Favorite music genre, band or anything that comes to mind? Hmm. Elton John, really like Elton John. Very good. A bit retro yeah. there. Favorite thing to do outside of work? I love running. That's great. Look, Emma, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your journey and your experiences and your insights. It's really, really inspiring. And in particular, you know, people should really think carefully and uh, listen to your words about sustainability and the fact that this is integral to every aspect of business. Your products are fantastic. I can say that my partner sends her best wishes. Oh, thank her for me. They are in our home and everyone should get out there and support Emma Lewisham. Great brand and a great CEO. So thank you for joining us and all the best for the future. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. 